0: Hello, and welcome to the Mystery Barn Podcast. I'm Heather, and thank you for joining me. You can listen and follow this podcast on iHeartRadio, Audible, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mystery Barn Pod, or reach out to me at mysterybarnpodcast at gmail.com. With that out of the way, let's get started. Our next case takes us to the small village of Webster, New York, where we talk about the details surrounding the unsolved murder of a young girl. Due to the content of this podcast and the nature of true crime, this may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 13. Please use your discretion. It was an ordinary summer evening in the small village of Webster, New York, on August 8, 1995. There was nothing that set the day apart or anything to indicate that this would be the day that would change so many people's lives. But, by the end of the day, the lives of Kelly Gaffield and those who knew and loved her would be forever changed. Before we get into what happened, let's spend some time talking about who Kelly Gaffield was. Kelly was born on July twenty-fifth, 1979. I couldn't find details specifically, but I believe that she was born in Webster, New York. If I am incorrect on this, please reach out to me and I will make sure to correct it. Her mother, Chris Riley, talks about Kelly being a happy girl, someone who was kind with dreams for the future. She loved to do the typical teenager things and hang out with friends. She wanted a driver's license and enjoyed school. I read that she had wanted to get a job working at Burger King and had future dreams of studying cosmetology. Kelly had just celebrated her 16th birthday in the weeks preceding her disappearance. From what I gather about her personality, she seemed like a kind, bubbly, fun-loving girl who was a friend to many. She had many friends and enjoyed the time that she spent with them. So on that hot summer night in August, when Kelly came up to her mom in the car and asked if she could head up to the downtown village area of Webster to meet up with some friends, her mom didn't have a problem with that. It was a beautiful sunny and warm day, and Kelly was a good kid. Chris told Kelly to be home by 9.30, and Kelly replied okay and leaned in for a hug and kiss, and off she went for some fun with her friends she had no idea that she would never see her daughter alive again. Because that night, Kelly wouldn't return home. When she didn't come home by 9.30, her mom knew that something wasn't right. The Webster police were soon called, and they began investigating. They spoke with friends and people who recalled seeing her around town that night. One of the last sightings of her were around 6 p.m. when she was seen walking into a wooded area behind the Phillips Village Apartments. And as family and loved ones waited for any sign of Kelly, the hours turned into days, days into weeks, and then into months. They were still no closer to knowing where Kelly was or what had happened to her. That would change on October 22, 1995, a little over two months later, when a hunter would come across a gruesome discovery in a wooded area of Webster near Ridge and Phillips Road, not far from Kelly's home, the decomposing remains of what was once a human being. Dental records would later confirm the remains to be those of Kelly Gaffield, decomposition was too advanced for them to adequately determine a cause of death but investigators tried to piece together what evidence they could find there was evidence of broken ribs and body positioning and signs to indicate that she was nude with her clothing in a pile nearby this led police and medical examiners to feel that she had been a victim of a homicide and likely assaulted and killed where she was found however medical examiners would have to list her cause of death as undetermined this was not the outcome anyone had wanted And in interviews with Kelly's mom, she talks about how the passage of time doesn't make things any easier and how she recalls August 8th, 1995 as vividly as if it were yesterday. She keeps mementos of Kelly all around her, a glass case that holds dolls that belong to Kelly, her ashes rest in a wooden box in her home surrounded by figurines of angels, a tattoo of a butterfly with the words Miss You and Kelly's name in her own handwriting. The family holds a memorial walk in her honor nearly every year in the hopes that someone remembers something or comes forward. They also raise funds for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Every year that goes by is one more year without her and one more year of wanting to know what happened to Kelly. The family wonders if things could have turned out different if things would have been handled differently right from the start. Had the police been more aggressive in the initial hours of her disappearance, could it have mattered In the days surrounding Kelly's disappearance, people would come forward and say that they had seen her around town. Numerous sightings, which potentially led investigators to initially think that they were dealing with a case of a runaway. And all of these things complicated the investigation. This year will mark 27 years without answers. 27 years of asking why, wanting to know what happened and who was responsible. The person or persons responsible for this have gone about their lives and have had the opportunity to live life and enjoy it. Something that was taken away from the sweet 16-year-old girl who had her whole life ahead of her and a family who love and miss her fiercely. What gives them the right to have the opportunity to live unpunished for what they have done? I hope that someone comes forward. I hope that someone remembers something, a conversation in passing, some small detail that can shed some light onto what happened. Maybe they overheard someone talking about it, bragging about it, anything. It is very possible that whoever is responsible spoke about it to someone. It's been so long, it's time to do the right thing. If you have any information, you can reach out to the Webster Police Department of Webster, New York at 585-872-1216. Again, that number is 585-872-1216. I thank you for joining me today on the Mystery Barn Podcast as we talk about the unsolved murder of Kelly Gaffield. I'm your host, Heather, and if you have any comments or just want to reach out with any theories or thoughts you may have, you may contact me at mysterybarnpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at mysterybarnpod. I've enclosed sources used in the podcast show notes. The music for this podcast was provided by Chameka Music. You can find them on Instagram at Chameka music. Thank you and we'll see you soon.